Hey guys, welcome to Bud Lamb Talks, where with resources and stories, we hope to encourage you to know, love, and enjoy God, to follow Him with your heart, and to love like Jesus. Hey guys, I'm I'm reading uh, once again from my book, uh, Chasing the Sage, and this is a chapter called Hitting the, Hitting the Wall 1.0. This is from the section of the book at the beginning. Um, where we're discussing the movement from being a functional orphan to being adopted as a son. And this, this idea of a functional orphan uh, is, uh, you know, that's how most of us learned how to, how to get by, as though life was all up to us. And the bigger picture is that God longs to adopt us as his sons. And so this movement from orphan to son is painful, slow. Some of us never make the movement, but yet it's one that is uh, is available to us if we if we reach out for it. And so in this chapter here, hitting the wall, uh, that's that's about when I did. Um, I I crossed that line and uh, moved from um, a loser to son. And so. I'm going to read from Psalm 69, verses 1 and 2. This is where a, the guy named David, who was a real guy like you and me, he, he, was, uh, he was a leader. Um, and he beat, made tremendously horrible choice, bad choices. But he also, he also had a big heart. And so here's what, here's what he says in Psalm 69. He says, save me, God, for the floodwaters are up to my neck. And it's deeper and deeper that I'm sinking into this mire and I can't find a foothold. I'm in deep water and, and the floods are starting to overwhelm me. So reading from the book now. When you hit the wall running a marathon, it feels like you've run face first into a stack of bricks. Your legs start feeling like concrete posts and every step is a triumph of, of will as you seriously doubt that the race actually has a finish line. Physically, the first time I hit the wall running was the Big Sur Marathon, and at about mile 20, my legs felt like hamburger, arms like lead, my head was in a fog, and I felt like quitting. And it was at mile 24 near Carmel Highlands, when I was about to cash in my chips, my friend, Al Polly. Now, Al was a friend, and he was an elite marathon runner, but he was injured. And he was not able to run this race, but he came and ran alongside of me. I had no idea he was even going to meet me there. Just boom, out of the way, mile 24, Al meets me right there. And he ran with me and he paced me to finish my first marathon, the last 2.2 miles. Well, chasing the sage, I've hit the wall many times, some of it physically, most of it emotionally, through self-inflected gunshot wounds, but I've hit it many times. I hit the wall as an orphan in my late 20s, a few years after I was discharged from the army. I had developed habits to disguise my lack of career direction, my life purpose and insecurity, and to medicate the pain of my humanity, insulate me from not measuring up. These habits were the headwaters of addictions. These habits were not life-giving. They were actually life-sapping. They were taking my hope. And I needed more and more alcohol, more drugs, more pleasure, all temporary empty escapisms and quick fix things that orphans and boys gravitate towards. Having flunked out of college because I was loaded all the time, 
I found work at a convenience store in East San Jose. And man, this was the wrong side of town for me. Working the graveyard shift, I was able to steal and drink the owner's Old English 800, Mad Dog 2020, and cheap wine. In between selling it to bums, drug dealers, and prostitutes who also lived in the neighborhood. Scholars, beginning with Blaise Pascal, say we have a God-shaped hole in our hearts, which nothing but God can fill, yet we try to fill it with all sorts of counterfeits. These counterfeits never deliver and only drive us to the wall. It's at the wall that we face a decision to do something different or to just keep going. How we play this hand of cards sets the direction for the rest of our lives or until we get Sisyphus boulder almost up to the top of the hill again. I remember reading books, which I thought would help me. Books on spiritual things, such as the Tibetan Book of Dead, the Book of Mormon, books on transcendental meditation, the Prophet by Khalil Gibran, Jonathan Livingston Siegel by Richard Bach, poetry by Richard Brodigan, Be Here Now by Ramdas, and finally, the Bible. I was reading these over a few years of spiritual searching, all the while drinking like a fish, smoking pot, using cocaine, and dropping acid. My CD apartment smelled like a cross between a smoky bar and a drug den. Nothing I read captured my attention or came close to the hole in my heart until I began to read Jesus and his teachings. It was about this time that I was about ready to cash in my chips again. My life was going nowhere, and the monkeys on my back were digging in. Out of gas and short on hope, I found Jesus running like Al Polly running alongside of me. Jesus ran me in the rest of the way. How did he do that? Well, he came to me. God comes to us when we are broken, lost, and out of gas. Next, I said, yes, I accepted his invitation to run with me. And I've been running with Jesus, and he's been running with me ever since. Ultimately, this movement from orphan to son begins and ends with saying yes to Jesus' invitation. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus himself says in the Bible, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Bible is very clear about the adoption process. Again, this is from the book of John, chapter 1, verse 12. All who believed in Jesus and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. It isn't about being good enough. It is about accepting a gift. For me, it was a gift that I hardly understood. What I did know was that I needed help. Just like in the marathon, I recognized my powerlessness to proceed on my own. I needed help taking positive strides and making progress. The same with my soul, my life. I needed help and only God could fill that hole in my heart. All, all other attempts to fill that hole had sucked me deeper and deeper into that black hole. Jesus speaks to every orphan, saying to us today, nope, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. That's from John 14, verse 18. Jesus himself said that. Over these past 40 years as an adopted son of God, I've hit the wall many times. As a runner, I'm slow but steady. On my spiritual journey, it's just the same, slow but steady. 
God is the picture of patience, and he meets us where we are on the road, not where we think we should be. And so a couple of observations about this. Back over on page 28, I talk about uh, it's at the wall that we face a decision to do something different or keep on going. You know, that wall is typically the wall of pain. The consequences of our choices catch up to us. They certainly were with me. And it's, it's how, we, how we play those, those cards that, that makes all the difference in the world. You know, earlier I wrote about and talked about, you know, this wound that we get from the hands of either our father or somebody in authority over us, wounds that are deep to our soul. And, and we have no control over that, over those wounds. We, we are responsible for the choices that we make after those. And we can find ourselves like I did, um, playing my hand of cards really poorly. And ultimately, I got sick and tired of waking up sick and tired. And the same will go for you. The next thing is, I'm looking back here, uh, just a paragraph under, under that. It says, I remember reading books. Well, what the reading books was all about is I was seeking. I was looking for something. And I'll bet... Um, you too, you're looking for something and there's evidence in your life that, that you're getting, you're, you're moving in this way that these, the sand and, and the plates of, of, of your soul are starting to move when you, when you find, when you observe yourself doing some things different and reading or trying things is a good sign of that. And the last thing I want to point out to you here, I mentioned, um, Jesus says, uh, come to me all who are are weary and heavy laden, and, and I'll give you rest. What happened uh, for me uh, at nine o'clock in the evening uh, on December 7th, interestingly enough, Pearl Harbor Day, uh, but December 7th, I think it was 1978, I was coming home from work. Um, I was no longer working in a convenience store, I was working in the sporting goods department of a JC Penney store in Campbell, California. But I was coming home and I was going home to a, this little crummy little apartment in, up in Fremont, driving where Highway 101 crosses uh, I-17 there in San Jose. It was nine o'clock and I'm listening to Linda Ronstadt. She was singing Blue Bayou on the radio. And uh, about that time, I, I had this uh, overwhelming sense of that God was sitting in the passenger seat. Now, it didn't happen very much that I would get that back. That was the first time I had ever had it. But there was just something in my soul, in my awareness that said, God's not as far away as you think he is, bud. And uh, I said something. I've come to realize it was a prayer, but I just started talking and said something like, I don't, I don't know who you are. Or much about you and what I remember from going to church in Sunday school as a little kid it I don't I'm not talking about that kind of stuff but I am desperate and I'm I'm not making any progress with my life and I'm I'm struggling and I don't know how to I don't know how to get things turned around and I continue to talk and I found myself getting kind of choked up and it was like I don't know who you are. I don't know what you are. I don't know how it works, but 
I've been I've heard a little bit about Jesus and and it sounds like he's good and and he's called the savior of the world and it said there in that God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever believe in him would have eternal life and I remember seeing that in the you know John 3:16 in the end zone of TV shows with football in the end zone and I'm going to do my, I, I, I want you to be my God. Will you help me? I don't know where else to go. I believe in Jesus just a little bit, but I don't, I, that's all. I, a, amen. Literally guys, the, the language and the, the conversation that I had um, with God there, listening to Linda Ronstadt sing Blue Bayou. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but I do know what happened. I asked God to come into my heart and help me. And he ran up alongside of me, just like Al Polly. And he's been doing that with me forever, ever since then. And I guarantee he will do the same for you. You don't have to have fancy words. You just have to be honest and as, say as much as you can. And he'll meet you right where you are. That's what God does. He meets you and me right where we are, not where we think we ought to be. No cleaning. We don't have to clean ourselves up. He says, come as you are. I'll meet you there. Well, that about wraps it up. Thanks for tuning in for today's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share it with a friend. And for more information about who we are and what we do, check us out at budlam.com. So let's get after it now with all we've got. Take care.